It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. This episode is supported by FX's Clipped, the scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owner's racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world. The series charts the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league. Starring Lawrence Fishburne, Jackie Weaver, Cleopatra Coleman, and Ed O'Neill. FX's Clipped. Streaming June 4th, only on Hulu. Thank you for listening to the Black and Gold Hockey Podcast. Please support the show by subscribing to and leaving a five-star rating for the show on Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Podbean, SoundCloud, Spotify, Stitcher, and any of your favorite podcast platforms. You can also support the show by going to our website, blackandgoldhockey.com, where there's always exciting articles by the BNG writing staff. While you're there, don't forget to click on the fanatics.com banner for a great sports fan shopping experience. Are you, are you done yet? We're going to start the show. Bobby Orr, behind the left of center, and Orr! Bobby Orr! Orr from the Boston Bulls! 30 seconds left in the period, the Bruins are short-handed. Ray Bork. fans welcome back to the black and gold hockey podcast we are recording on february 2nd 2020 i am here with my co-host heather ingerson heather what's happening nothing happy ground the hogs day 2020 a little late right yeah i guess i mean was that yesterday or was no it today? it's today oh, it's the second geez. that's why you said it that's why i said it in a fog in i live i live in new england so it's going to be spring in six weeks anyways yeah. even if the weather doesn't feel like it <laughs> This winter has been uh, uh, tremendously uh, unbalanced, yeah. <laughs> uh, to say the least. So we go from uh, 20 degrees Fahrenheit for the for the folk in uh, in Canada and elsewhere around the world that work in Celsius, mm-hmm. um, but and then all of a sudden the next day it's 50, 60 degrees. Even I think we had a 70 degree day um, One last day month. So it's been crazy. But uh, also things that have been crazy in the studio here. We we are having severe technical difficulties. And we're trying to get that straightened out so we can bring out a better quality podcast. Um, last week, we, we took a week off to uh, do some troubleshooting um, and uh, doing something on a different format now. Um, 
we were very close to getting guests lined up and and my uh the way we record uh we use um zoom and skype and and just we're just not having any any luck with those so we're not going to schedule guests for at least a little while until i can get customer support to get back to me on the files that i sent them because it's just weird just it's just it's a nightmare it's always something every week so Anyway, we're here anyways. Absolutely. This is episode 164 of the Black Gold Hockey Podcast. It, and uh, it is uh, sponsored by betonline.ag. Go to betonline.ag. Use code CLNS50 for a sweet bonus. Um, by the time you record this, um, and by the time you hear this, it'll probably be the Super Bowl already. So we're not going to hype that one up. Mm-hmm. A little late on that. Hopefully you got your bets in already. I did not. I did not. Um, I haven't been betting lately. I need to get back on that because, uh, yeah. Someone asked me today if I like the Super Bowl. I said, I'm American. Of course I love the Super Bowl. (laughs) It's like as big as 4th of July. It's 4th of July, Super Bowl Sunday. Absolutely. Um, So we have uh, uh, some topics we're going to discuss. But first, as always, we talk about the last week's action. Um, Heather, why don't you give us an update on, on some of the... The uh, previous Bruins games. All right, I'm going to take you back, way back. So far back, it was last month on the 19th. We lost to the Penguins. You all saw it. We lost 4-3. to three. Who cares? We're moving on. But before the break on the 21st, we beat Vegas at home. 2-1. to one. It looked much more like the Bruins heading into the break. And yay, we finally came back Friday on the 31st. Mark. Yes. Absolutely. 31st. Bring us back into the home stretch because now we're back from the All-Star break, heading into the trade deadline. How are we doing so far? With nine days off of the tremendously stupid bye week, I do not care what folks say about the bye week and it's, oh, it's good for the team and it's good for this and good for that. I am totally against this bye week. This bye week, in my opinion, should be in the holiday season technically in the middle of the hockey season so the thing that's weird to me is like so the bruins had 10 days off right and now they have two back-to-backs this week oh god this doesn't schedule, even make the, sense if you look at the month schedule it's it's, it's absolutely why crazy. don't we just spread it out a little farther like you said everyone shut down for a couple extra days for the holiday weekend the it's nhl weird. is a crazy entity you know but no olympics for the same <laughs> all right we are uh in the first period of the boston bruins at the winnipeg jets on January 31st, uh, the last month of 2020, the first month of 2020, sorry. Uh, Patrick Lyonne gets the uh, game started with his 18th uh, at the 6.06 mark of the first period, giving the Jets a one nothing lead. And St. Patrice, in that same first period, comes back with his 22nd, assisted by Marchand and Pasternak on the power play to tie the game at 19.07 in the first. There were no goals in the second period. Third period, Jake DeBrusque, who's having a better, better turnaround season. He's, he looks totally engaged. Gets his 16th from Pasternak and Krug uh, to uh, give the, on, on the power play, to give the Bruins a 2-1 to one, um, lead and victory at, at the uh, 3.07 mark of the third period. And that would do it. The Bruins win by the score of two to one. Um, returning was Tuka Rask. He stopped um, 37 of 38 
and uh, looked really good when we talk about him. We'll, we'll not you know gush about him right now, but we'll we'll definitely do that in the uh, in the uh, list of topics that we have. So um, thoughts on the Jets game? Uh, special teams looked really good. Obviously, we got two power play goals, but we were mostly on the PK and not the power play. So really good. Also, I like a good old fashioned fight. Brad Marchand and also uh, surprisingly the Carson Coleman getting five for fighting each and some roughing penalties or yeah. whatever going along with that. But special teams look really solid. And uh, we like that, right? Because before when we're going into the break, we're like, okay, we're not even good on the yeah. power play, which is our bread and butter and stuff. And Whatever, the break was good for them. It looks like the break was good for them. They seem to have found their game again and taken a breath. And Tuca, good for you. 37 out of 38 shots. 974, that's more like it, you know, as yeah, the boys absolutely. have been playing December and January. But overall, I thought sometimes you look a little sluggish when you're coming into the break, but I think they looked recharged and they look more... Um, Again, and this isn't to get into a debate about toughness, but I don't think toughness always has to be knocked down, drag out. But you can survive in this league and still be the big bad Bruins. You just got to find your new big bad Bruins. And sometimes everyone wants to talk about them getting pushed around, doing whatever thing, whatever. Well, they showed, hey, you know what? We're finesse players, but we can whoop someone's ass every now and then if we have to. Beep. Sorry. No, it's all right. The uh, the narrative of um, the we need to get bigger and tougher. Um, I, I still takes the back seat to, for me, and, and winning games because uh, you need goals to win games. Well, Ultimately, need... at the end of the regulation or even overtime, you need a goal to get that victory. And and I don't believe that that's – I don't know. I, I'm just so you don't, sick and you tired don't, of the No, team. what I'm saying, though, is that you don't think that toughness, you don't think someone's pushing on you, you don't push them back a little bit, they're not oh, going to yeah, – okay. you know, that's I, what I mean I is that, like, yeah, every now and then it, this, like, to that night, it was a good old-fashioned hockey melee a couple times. Everyone was a little jacked up during that game. Like, oh, both, yeah. like it was chippy. It was oh, chippy. Yeah. And not, even though that's not the commonplace, sometimes it gets to that point. I just mean generally, toughness in 2020 means being able to protect yourself and your players. You don't have to knock someone out, but you've got to stand up for yourself. And the right. boys came out to show that you can, they are tough. You know, everyone's been saying they're not tough. That's all I mean is, it's a, and newer big bad Bruins, but still, stand up for yourself. But it doesn't have to be fighting. I agree with you. I'm, but I do every now and then like a good hockey fight. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, I'm, I'm with you. Uh, but speaking of an old-fashioned beatdown, the Boston Bruins uh, went into Minnesota last night on February 1st, 2020, and did just that. Uh, starting off with the only goal in the first period was Tory Krug scoring his sixth from Lindholm and Krejci to give the Bees a one nothing lead. Proud moment for a <laughs> fan yeah. girl over here. Uh, and then just start off the second period, uh, you know, just boost your ego for your crew, the crew Grenader. Um, he gets his seventh from Marchand and Pasternak on the power play at the 439 mark of the second period. So it's nice to see the quarterback get a touchdown. Absolutely. Just saying. Absolutely. Uh, in that, in the second period, middle frame that was pretty much owned by the Boston Bruins, Brad Marchand scores his 22nd from Krug and Pasternak. At the 5-5-5 mark of the second period, and that's on the power play. Krugs was on the power play, if I forgot to mention that. And, and to keep the power play and, and the special teams just rolling mm -hmm. since the return of this Boston Bruins team from the break, David Pasternak scores his 38th uh, from Krejci and DeBrusque at the 15-29 mark on the power play to give the Boston Bruins a 4-0 lead going into the third period. Uh, the shutout uh, for 
um, Yaroslav Halak <laughs> um, was ruined uh, with Matt Zagarello scores his 14th at the 14:31 mark of the third period. Anders Bjork uh, gets his ninth from uh, Joachim Nordstrom at the 18:02 mark of the third period. And Jake DeBrusque, uh, recently red-hot Jake DeBrusque, scores his 17th from Kuhlman and Krug at the 18:33 mark to give the Boston Bruins a 6-1 victory. Now, this has been an unbelievable return for this, this Boston Bruins team after the break. And hopefully it does continue. Um, but, I mean, I'm, I'm like when I see, normally on these breaks, these long breaks, this team does not do very well. We're seeing something a little different here. I, I, I think they did okay last year, but the year before that, it wasn't such a good, good experience. But, um... Hopefully. I think it's better though now how they if they are gonna have the stupid bye week. Remember it used to be like football where like every week different teams had it. Now they at least do it like everyone has either five before or five after for the break. So everyone's kinda starting at the same place. Because it wasn't just the Bruins, like everyone would come out the gate after their bye week, like, ooh, like what happened right. to the defending Stanley Cup penguins? Like, you know what I mean? Kind of thing. But um uh Yarrow's numbers looked really good last night and uh that's good he stopped 25 out of 26 obviously he almost got like mark said almost got another shutout and he would have been top tied for top in the league on that but he's on fire with the shutouts this year even though yes. his other numbers haven't looked so high at times but 962 more like it should seem like for yarrow what we've come to know and expect yeah. again everyone else and i'd also like to say besides thanks for the two and two night tory krug that a boy mom's proud Earn your money, baby. Just keep doing your thing. I'm like, at this pace, he could still hit a 70-point mark, even with the injuries and the couple out. But everyone calm down about Jake DeBrusque. I think Jake DeBrusque has proved himself after coming back. Maybe he's reset himself. He's your typical winger. You're going to be hot and cold. But 17, like a lot of people, again, we'll talk about the trade rumors, but like we're talking about getting, have the same numbers as Jake DeBrusque. Wouldn't you rather, again, just keep the kid that is working out instead of get someone who's exactly. like, he's fine. He's got 17 goals. He still could have 25 goals at the end of the season. And yep. yes, he has had his issues that thing, but he's more, so he's a little streaky. Pasta gets like that sometimes, not this year, but in other years we've been like, where is David Pasternak? So we're just going to have to go with that till Jake DeBrus, till he totally finishes for here. So, sorry, yep. but they look better. So much better. The goalies look better, like comfortable, like everyone's reset, I think. I was a little worried about, um, the Halak situation because he didn't look very comfortable before the break. It was just, at times he was just giving up some really bad goals that you he could definitely see. Mm-hmm. They weren't bad bounces or anything like that. It was just flat out bad hockey for him, and I was very disappointed seeing the game last night um, after the break. Really, really, you know, it's it's just good to see that he's he's changing and at an appropriate time too. You know, um, playoffs are not that far away. I mean, we we way past the the halfway point of the season, so then you definitely got to be ready, and you definitely have to have goaltending. I know he's not going to be a starter in the in the postseason, but be fresh, ready for a moment's notice of work. You know what I mean? I think it was a little hard right before the break because we were kind of struggling all around as a team, and because even Tuka before yeah. he got hurt, like he'd have a good game, and then we we're like, oh, what the hell, gate right? So. We had talked about that. Tuka started looking a little better before he got hurt, but like our goalies were like, what is going on? Because yep. usually you back each other. Like, you know, like if Tuka was having a bad game, Yarrow comes in, calm down, we have a thing. And that wasn't happening. We were all kind of in panic mode. And then Tuka got hurt. So Yarrow's already 
I mean, I'm sure he noticed he wasn't playing as himself, and now he was playing a couple games before break too. So now I'm kind of playing poorly. My team, we kind of got it together a little bit. You know, it yep. was a good game, even Pittsburgh that we lost. You know, before break. But I think that was also a result of like when things were already kind of shaky, and then instead of being the guy that comes in to let the starter have the break, he's now has to be the starter, which he did all right to carry through. You know what I mean? Yep. We kind of was pretty much just the way we had been playing a little bit better as a team. We played better going in. But um, it is nice to see everyone, like, he can calm down. Like, you know what I mean? Because he is a good goaltender. You know, again, he's a unique position. He's been a starting goaltender, and he is a backup goaltender. And he, he plays his role well for his age and his strengths. And that's why I was, like, I agree with you, kind of concerning. But everyone seems like they're going to be all right on the other side of this break. I, and I don't know it, what it is about Rask. Um, I just think that he plays so well after a rest whether it be a mental rest, you know what I mean, or just physical. Uh, a physical, you know, he he dead on. And the concerning the bye week and my hate for it, it is this is actually a really good time to have it because you, I mean, you got like 30 some odd games to go and so it's kind of like that that good mental break, but I still hate it. I still want it in the middle of the season. You know what? This year, too, is different for our team at this point in the season is normally right now we're in the thick of Toronto and Boston, second and third. And, like, no matter what you do, elbow and script, we're going to be second or third. Yeah. Right now we're in the position where we've, even with all the struggles we had, we're pretty solidly set in this first-place position. I'm not saying Tampa's not looking like they're trying to take it back or anything like that. But if we can find our groove and just keep on playing our schedule, unlike most other years, usually our worst schedule is the second half of the year. And then we're struggling for point thing. You know, even if you go back to when Coach Claude was here, right? Like some of that also had to do with, of course, we're having our issues in February because we have to play X, 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 and X. So I think that's good. I mean, we've got a couple back-to-backs and that's probably happening a couple times for the rest of the season. But I do think we're in a different situation than this team has been in in a quite a little while of you know kind of maintain play the lead you know just play yep. the lead keep hammering. we hopefully won't have to go to any more shootouts and worry about not being able to win in them because we'll either just get our business done in the thing or maybe ot we can squeak one out or might get it but yeah i think that we're going to be all right this is a, just a different situation than they've been in like proper rest management for everyone is barring any injuries the young kids have been popping up and down as necessary. They look all right. Again, I mean, I know we disagree about who maybe could be up permanently versus not. Right. But again, I'm just looking sometimes for someone to fill in for three or four games as necessary and not totally mess it all up. You know what I mean? Plug like, and play. Right. Not be the, yeah. Like, but that's what happens when you have a good, strong system from down and up, you know? Yep. Right. All right. So to, uh, the upcoming schedule, before we talk about the games that are coming up for the Boston Bruins, I'd like to talk a little bit about our show sponsor, betonline.ag, and the great folks over there. Um, the Super Bowl is today. Unfortunately, you guys won't be listening to this during it, but possibly after, so it'll be all gone. But you can still place wages on basketball and hockey and, um, and a whole assortment of other sports that are going on worldwide uh, to, to get your uh, bet on. So uh, with uh, football and hockey in full swing, uh, get into the game with our exclusive sports betting partners, betonline.ag. Sign up today to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit to start betting college or professional ball. 
Every spread, every total, every winner or loser, straight bet, parlay, or tease your way through the season. You can even bet on wild propositions as if David Pasternak is going to score 50, are the Bruins going to win the Stanley Cup, or any team in the NHL winning the Stanley Cup, you could still go there and place bets even though the odds are drastically going to be different from when you you would place a bet before the season. Uh, who would be the NFL MVP who will take home the college football playoff, which is probably already over? Uh, yeah. get, get the fastest-to-market updates and payouts with our new sports book partners, betonline.ag. Head over to BetOnline today on your mobile device to join and use promo code CLNS50 to receive your 50% welcome bonus. BetOnline.ag, online sports book experts. So, the schedule that is in front of us is doesn't look um, very easy. Um, there's some teams that are, that, are, that are definitely playing well and uh, back-to-back situations that are uh, going to be coming up. That's gonna, that's always tough. But we did the Boston Bruins did prove that they could win in a back-to-back scenario with the victory over the Winnipeg Jets and the Minnesota Wild. So on Tuesday, the Boston Bruins are at home against the Vancouver Canucks. Uh, the Canucks have been playing very well. Yep. Uh, they are... Top of the Pacific right now with 64 points. That is... Yeah, top of the Pacific, and, uh, and they're only six points away from uh, front-running, uh, Western Conference front-running, St. Louis Blues. So they've been playing well. They're on a five-game winning streak. They're 7-3-0 in the last 10. Um, but away from... Uh, what is the arena... I have no idea. I think it's. I'm not gonna. General lie. Motors. Maybe. Uh, okay. Look I, I could be wrong. No, no, it's all right. Um, I don't remember. They are very good at home. They're 17, five and three, which is an outstanding home record. But away from the the um, the Vancouver area, they're 13, 13 and one. So this is a good chance for the Boston Bruins to get a home victory against a team that's mediocre on the road to to say. Um, then the next night on Wednesday, February 5th, the Bruins travel to Chicago on the way back to Boston. So uh, Chicago, not a good team at all. Uh, not Well, not what we expect them to be, especially on paper, uh, you know, highlighted by Caves, Taves and Kane. Yeah. Patrick <laughs> Kane is just as awesome as He's he was when he first came Unbelievable. Congratulations on 1,000 points, yep. man. Jesus. Everybody loves Patrick Kane. Except for the cab drivers in Buffalo. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so not every yeah. That's terrible. Um, yeah, but but the uh, Chicago Blackhawks um, are, believe it or not, are better on the road than they are at home. They are thirteen nine and three on the road. Uh, they have won. They're on a one game winning streak. They're seven three and zero in the last ten. So that's a playing better too yeah. like Chicago's on the upswings a lot of teams are starting to fall apart a little and fall out like uh, struggling to keep at least in the wild card race but Chicago's actually playing a little better but we did lose to them in December four to three in yeah. overtime so let's and not the, do that again and Chicago and I'm not to not to pump their tires at all but they're only about six or seven points from actually getting into uh you know the whole wild card thing so um yeah. The West is tight this year, though. It like, is. Very, very tight. There's a few kind of elitist teams, but 
Other than that, besides the very bottom, Edmonton and Vancouver middle, jockey for position a lot. Oh my god! Three words I never want to hear again: what? Battle of Alberta. Together, <laughs> separately, <laughs> like it's interesting, but geez, it's not the greatest See thing. Last night's game did not. Oh my god! It was it was it was bad. Yeah. It was it was a good game and everything, but uh, even the goalies went at it. Yeah. Oh, Mike, well, Mike, I'm Mike Smith and, uh, and Talbot. As I told you, the morning did not quite go as I wanted. <laughs> yeah. But no, like I'm all for like a good hockey rivalry being, re- you know, they deserve it. It's Canada. They don't have any Stanley Cups recently, so at least they got their battles. I'm just, people have droned on and on about it. All right. See, so, the, and uh, the Boston Bruins have a break uh, the on Thursday, February 5th, and Friday the 7th. But the 8th, the uh, Paul Bissonnette. Spitting chicklets host um, loves his coyotes. Yeah, a lot. The uh, Arizona Coyotes come to TD Garden for a three o'clock game. Badass! I love those three o'clock games. So um, yeah, that should be a good game. And um, Arizona has uh, has certainly been playing much better as of late. Um, but well, well, they've maybe. been playing a lot better than as of late before the season. But yeah. they have been a little like you're not sure what's they're going up and on down. With them. Yeah, they have a good team though, so keep your head up. Absolutely, we beat them in October. Just, but they'll be here on Saturday, February eighth, um, for a three o'clock tilt. So that's the end of the week right there. Um, so the three games. Uh, I wish there was more, but it is what it is. Yeah, we probably will record before the game happens, or we'll have to figure it out. But that's the second back-to-back. So if you want to write down the ninth is when we play Detroit. Yeah, I just looked at twelve thirty. Just mention it for you know how I like scheduling purposes. Let everyone know. So two back-to-backs this week. Yes. Hope they. We could probably do a show while we watch that. Yeah, we can do it. I mean, we can't be any more distracted than we already (laughs) are, right? (laughs) Am I right? It's true. (laughs) Just saying. So um, with that being said. we got about six minutes before we um, before we take our first break. Um, but let's talk about let's get one topic out of the way. Let's talk about the David Backus fiasco um, that recently happened. Um, before the break, the Boston Bruins placed uh, David Backus on waivers with the purpose of assigning him to the Providence Bruins. Now. The there was a mutual agreement that he was not gonna um, go de- go down there to Providence, but it was also an agreement that he's gonna be able to take the nine day bye week off. So I mean, even though there were games down in Providence, uh, the organization and the player both decided that's not what's gonna happen. So mm-hmm. um, obviously, from my my opinion, it is a um, it's a need right now to have him uh, healthy because I think Sweeney is really trying to push the button on trading him or moving him somewhere. Um, the The roster position that he's taking up is, is so valuable, and that cap space um, is, is valuable. And if, if Sweeney can get, get move him, then great, because David is healthy. Uh, Sweeney said in his presser, that he's uh, he's good to go. I mean, he's he's healthy, um, but we just don't want to take a risk on anything like that. So um, I think that shows a little bit of respect from both sides, uh, especially on Sweeney, um, to try to get him to a place that he 
wants to play, uh, can play. Uh, it's just not in the in the foreseeable future for this Boston Bruins club right now with his age and um, and there's there's players that are outplaying him right now that deserve roster spots over him and I totally agree with that. Now, another thing that's coming out is uh, he's going to be held out of action down in Providence until at least the trade deadline. Now, after the trade deadline's over, I think it's going to be one of those shit get off the pot. Uh, Don, Don Sweeney's like, you, you're going to play or you're going to have to do something. See, I actually have a different thought on that. And the fact that it, I understand it's come to this point that David Backus has to be here. Don knows it. David knows it. He didn't, Don didn't sign David, pa- you know, Backus thinking it was going to end this way. Everyone's an adult and a professional. They understand that. What annoys me is that I think he should be playing in Providence, at least a little bit, because if not, he's not going to still be, like, I'm not saying he won't maybe be practicing or doing whatever. So for me, one, I think that is a little bit of a slap in the face. Like, I can take me, I can get you needing to eat some of my cap, all that. Like, I get that, I know, you know, but... To not for the next month let that guy even skate. So so what happens if we have four injuries and like you maybe he's in Providence, maybe taking it back like we talked about, you know, helping some of those young kids who are gonna replace him up on that line, you know, give some of that advice or whatever, keep him skating and loose because he also has had times of I can give you eight minutes if you need me to, you know what I mean? And yep. Providence, I'm sure they, I mean, I you talk about, like, they get their injuries, they get their whatever, you know what I mean? So, like, that kind of annoys me. If he is healthy enough to play, it kind of annoys me he's not going to get any time. So, you know, you know what I mean? Yeah. Not giving him time on the Bruins is one thing. Not giving him any time to keep himself being a viable player of some sort. Don't you want to showcase at least, if you're trying to move him, yeah. do you want the last images to be what's hap- happened up on the big squad? No, you want to show that... He might be worth a team taking on the cap. You know, he can if you need to. And there are some teams that really he wouldn't be... be I mean, he's shown that he can play on the third and fourth line as necessary. Yep. Maybe not every game. Maybe not 20 minutes a game. But for a good solid 10 minutes... Again, I do, we talked about like how I don't think he's... Besides age-wise, like for me, he's no less useless than a parlor in home on most nights. Yeah. So, well, no I offense, Mar, I'm not that. calling you out. I'm just saying like comparable and like the... Like the role that you would be playing, That's right? All I um, and both sides uh, have uh, discussed the. Um, even though he's not going to be report to Providence, he does have the option to work out on ice, on his own. So he he will be skating and getting some some type of in shape uh, sessions, but just not game time. Um, but I, I do, I honestly think that when it comes down to the trade deadline and it's over, they're going to be like, well, it, you either report. Or we're going to suspend you. I mean, that's that's un, it's unfortunate, but that is the rules. But what's that's the whole thing. That's the douchebaggery part of it. Is you're telling him he can't like they like you and I both know when they say we all agree that he shouldn't be playing. It's in a pride Providence. thing. One, yes, maybe the nine days. But you and I, and I'm not speaking for David Backus, but we have watched him long enough in these last fifteen years or whatever, right? Even if he needed nine days to kind of just, okay, take it in, realize, like you know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. it has to be hard. Like, do you know what I mean? Yeah. 
But for you then to not let him get, you know what I mean? Like now that they're back, for you not to let him play in the, we all agree. I really doubt that David Backus, he showed up, they're saying he can't play. So it's not that he's refusing to play, right? Like I refuse to play. We've seen players do before. Well, like, where though? In Providence or the NHL? No, in the Providence. That's what I'm saying. Well, is that I don't think he's, when they he's agree. actually um, See, I don't keen th- about going down. No, it doesn't matter about keen going down, but you can't on one hand send a guy down and say, we're going to give you a couple days, but then say, but actually we're not going to let you play, but we're going to play it off like you don't want right. to play. You know, like you you and nah. I both know the competitiveness in that dude is not. He probably would have, he would have gone and taken a breath and realized, like stepped into his new role down there again, like even if it was limited playing, but to like, you can't play both sides. You can't not let him play and then say shit or get off the pot. Do you right. know what I mean? No, You've got to at least let him try and be shitting to get off you. the pot or whatever. That's all I mean. The only thing that sucks for me is this $5 million, I know it's prorated and everything, but the $5 million cap that, uh, that he's going to be, um, he's getting paid NHL money to play in the in the AHL is just, that whole that whole cap space has just got to get relieved somehow. And, and there's nothing we can do about that for no, now. So. No, unfortunately not. But it, if after the trade deadline and he doesn't want to report, then it's up to him. Then he's going to, the options are, suspension and and you're off the team i don't know if that cap hit moves i think the only option that cap hit gets relieved is if he retires here's a little tip david backus is going to get his money through the rest of this year at least even if people have to eat or he has to lose next season he's owed for a little over four million this year and four million next season. right so what i'm saying is would you if this was potentially the end of your career not show up no, you'd show up and let them decide whether they were. You know what I mean? No, like I know. That, I know. That's smart business. That's why players have contracts now yeah, and stuff absolutely. like that. You know, so. absolutely. Whatever, it'll work out. I'm not mad at Don Sweeney. I'm not mad at David Backus. I do think it is a little like, like it's like a double thing happening at the same time. Like you know what I mean? And I do think that is a little bit shitty. You know what I mean? So I do. I mean, the guy's had a long career in the NHL and a successful one. So. Um. Well, I just mean like even for Providence to have him ready in case some of the kids have to come up and play with us. You know what I mean? You got to bump up some right. of them. You know, because like you said, part of like when you're an AHL team is people are constantly being pulled up. Oh, yeah. Know, it's crazy. But it'll all work itself out. All right. So let's take our first break. We will hear from the great folks at College Hockey Incorporated. Follow them on Twitter at College Hockey and uh, listen to their uh, awesome podcast that they do once a week. Fantastic stuff over there from Brett Schlossman and Nate Yule. So we will be right back. Passion, talent, development. NCAA hockey offers all that and its players graduate at a 90% rate. Nick Bukestad. Backhand scores! Wow, what a goal! David Backus. And Zach Parisi were stars on campus before the NHL stage. Whether you are a fan or a player, nothing compares to college hockey. Visit collegehockeyinc.com and follow at College Hockey. Champions of the college hockey world! Okay, we are back after hearing from the great folks at College Hockey Inc. Um, we got some more topics we're going to uh, just throw out there. The trade talks um really heating up is we are under a month to go before the trade deadline on the 24th uh so um trades that are involving the boston bruins 
are always uh, pretty much uh, gravitated towards a, a right winger, a winger, scoring winger, um, which is, is definitely a need that they've tried to address, or hopefully they've tried to address anyway, for the past several seasons um, unsuccessfully. So with all that being said, it's like now it's, now it's okay, we probably don't need that right winger now. Well, we do. I know we do. But now a lot of the focus is on defense. Was it my face? Because, like, I'm like, holy hell, we need a forward. <laughs> we don't need a defense. Yeah, I, um, I think our defense is okay. I think a lot of people are just what they saw against the St. Louis Blues in, this, in the Stanley Cup Finals in 2019. Um, and the way they, that team pushed us around, air quotes. Um, but... Um, the, a lot of the uh, talks now, are, are we need to bolster up the, the blue line. Um, and a, a name that's really getting tossed out there is San Jose Sharks defenseman Brendan Dillon. Um, he's a 230-pound guy, 6'3", I believe. And um, But there's a lot of people, folks that are saying that we, could, we need the right side of uh, the defense to... To address, um, and in fact, Dylan is a left shooting defenseman in a, in a plethora of left shooting of left shooting defensemen. So, um, the left shot defenseman is the I, same problem I, in abundance than we have from right wingers. Because I yeah, I don't get this one. Um, I think they I think people see him and his size, uh, and they for policing reasons. Um, you know, in, in the in the in the conversation we had earlier about. The toughness factor and um, and the the big bad Bruins or whatever you know what I mean, so um, I mean it, it, it wouldn't be a bad. Thing. I guess I don't see enough San Jose games to really for him to catch my attention. Well, I know what kind of season San Jose is having, so I don't have to actually see any more San Jose games. <laughs> I mean their defense. We talked about this in the off season. Their defense is like two thirds their cap hit. And look what that gets you. Yeah. Not, you got a fired coach who now, you know, coaches somewhere else. You're struggling. Jumbo Joe and them are going to retire in this manner of having to watch this or whatever. Um, I just, I get, again, this all stemmed because Peter LeBron said the Bruins are looking, should need a defenseman and are looking at this guy. I don't even know if this is true. I would think that Don Sweeney would also have eyeballs like we have watching the team and know that we need our forwards to we need more secondary scoring and offense and for our offense to be more defensive too you know what I mean and help our defense out because we aren't the biggest or the strongest defense anymore that was bad we used to right like Seidenberg and Chara and Adam McQuaid like we just had and we had forwards that were big mooses like that too that would just knock you I mean even if you go back to the Stewarts and stuff like that right that's old what a we have a nice balance of big defensemen and puck-moving defensemen, which is the kind of defenseman you need in this league now. We need our forwards to be a little, you know, tougher again, going back to not what we were saying, not fighting, but just like, hey, like, you're going to bump me, you're going to, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. I, like, all the shoving that David Pasternak's been getting, just once I want him to turn around and lay someone out. Yeah. Even if you get the two-minute penalty, as long as you're not fighting, right, you're probably going to get a roughing or whatever get sent there. But you know what? That person's not going to be up your butt anymore. They're going to give you a little more space. Way like now there are a few people like the Tom Wilsons of the world that will always be up your back, but generally speaking, people will back up. My thing with him is he's a 29 year old defenseman. 
that's costing 3.27, and he's a UFA, and I'm thinking, obviously, as a Tory Kruger. That is half of what we need to pay that boy to stay here for the next year. So why do I want to waste that much money, that, well, the rest of whatever this year's salary, it's obviously. Prorated, right. Right. When you need that money to re-sign some people that you do want to still stay on this team, potentially. And that, to me, is just wasted money because I do feel, again, I don't want some of the young, you know, the prospect or have, I don't know exactly when you stop being a prospect, but I'm not comfortable with some of them being permanent members of the team, but I'm confident enough of them if some of our people go down that they can come up and help out for a couple games and get their experience yep. and do all right. I am all right with that. So it seems it just seems like a waste of... And weirdly, that's the only defenseman people have been talking about us getting. Don't you think if the Bruins were looking for a defenseman, there'd be more talk about... Serious talk about certain other defensemen. We don't know who's buying, selling, whatever. I mean, you can look to the L.A.s and the San Jose's, you know. So have, there's a heavy, heavy scouting going on in Chicago. Yeah. Uh, and and, and I'm now not Chicago's even sure. been playing better. I know. I'm not even sure uh, like who the defensemen are on Chicago. I know Seabrook. And I don't think it's going to be Seabrook. He's on all season. Jesus. Yeah. And uh, who's the other one? Um, I can't even think, but he's he's got a pretty price tag. Keith. Yeah. Duncan Keith. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I, hopefully that's not it's not that. I don't I don't think that cap hit would be welcomed in Boston at all. You people bitch about. David Backus and a six million dollar AAV. Wait till you get a defenseman that comes in here that's making crazy amounts of money for not producing. For not being worth that much money. Right. There'll be torches outside of the TD Garden for Sweeney. I think we more uh, forwards. I think we need something more. Absolutely. On the, I keep saying. I mean to say more on the offense. I yeah. I, I just. I I want to see the right wing issue addressed. Uh, whether it be any of the players that we are we're going to talk about. Um, I mean, we could we could even talk about them now. You want to go down the list? Yeah, of sure. The most talked about potential the Bruins might be looking at. It depends on if it's Monday, Tuesday, or Wednesday. Because, like I said, Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday we were looking at Chris Kreider, and on Thursday, all of a sudden we were getting Brendan Dillon. Yeah. Inexplicably, now it's the Bruins' defense that's the problem. Okay. Well, and and what, what can they sustainably get? And wow, he just hacked that one. Um, can they get both a forward and a defenseman, which I don't see. And you look at the cap. If you do that, roster players have to have to leave too to accommodate that space. Absolutely. And some of the bigger names you're going to have to let somebody go anyways in return because you don't have necessarily – if you want them to eat some of the contract, you need to give them something to do that. You know what I mean? Because exactly. teams will be flexible at the trade deadline. Um Shall we talk about some of the most notable? Absolutely. Well, obviously, Chris Kreider. I certainly York. haven't gotten sick of it. <laughs> <laughs> Chris Kreider, New York Rangers, whom I do love, and I think he would be good here. But he's got a $6.4 million cap hit, obviously prorated at this point in the season. But he's also a UFA. Uh, but well, I don't know if he scored last night. When I wrote down things, this was last night. But as of yesterday, he had 49 games played with 18 goals and 16 assists with 34 points. Not bad. He's a big dude, 6'3". Guy from Metro Boston, everybody loves him. I'm yep. sure he played in a townie school, whatever. What do you think about Chris Kreider? Do you think he'd be here? And he's 28. Uh, the price kind of might be a little heavy. Um, and that's uh, uh, assuming that the Rangers don't want to keep him because he is, he is playing decent. He's a good player. Yeah. And, uh, I mean, he checks all the boxes off of that, uh, that prototypical Boston hockey player. So, 
Um, yeah, I mean, I'd love to see him on the on the uh, right side next to Krejci and DeBrusque, um, but he's going to come at a heavy price, and I think uh, the first round pick is definitely going to be in play. Mm-hmm. Um, and and with another player that's on the list that we're going to talk about, but um, I, I I I'd hoard those picks because I I think anything after the first is a strict gamble. Uh, you don't really know, and you don't know in the first in the first round either. But you have much more confidence in who you're going after at that particular moment. Um, but you see, um, you know, the not so high talented players get picked, and then all of a sudden they come in and they make an immediate impact. Mm-hmm. Like we, we've seen it. Like like who who knew that Pavel Datsuk, the magician, mm-hmm. would be a sixth rounder? Yeah. You know what I mean? He just, he just comes right into the league and just sets the world on fire. There have been so many times that everyone else at the draft is like, oh my God, what is that team doing? Yeah. But then, like you said, sometimes it's the diamonds in the rough that are, yep. you know, like again, like you said, Pavel, he's perfect. I mean, a generational play. Like, he would never even got his chance. He almost didn't even get his chance, you know right. what I mean? Because of So those the those first round picks are really, are really heavy for me because it's just, that's your keystone of rebuilding your franchise for the future and... I hate just giving them away. Like it sucked what happened with, with Rick Nash because of the injury and so on. But it really sucked after all that to lose that first rounder. I mean, I'm not even sure what that first rounder, who it was, and how he's doing. But I, I, I'm not a fan of just tossing out. We've had to give up a lot of high, you know, uh, top of the draft picks in the last few years because of obviously with Shirelli and fixing the trying to fix the kid and move in and the gap yeah. keeps moving or whatever and all of that. So um, I, he's older too. Like he's 28. That's kind of old for a forward. At least like if you're looking at trying to re-sign somebody, like we talked about, even if you get somebody with term, you want someone who might look at re-signing with you because you don't want to try to work yeah. things out only to have yeah. them walk. I'm not looking for a rental personally. I'm hoping Don Sweeney no. isn't either. Uh, all right. I know we know how you feel about this. Ben has been a couple weeks. Tyler Toffoli, who is on your West Coast. Tifo. Team, right? Uh, That's my boy. As of yesterday, he had 51 games played with 13 goals, 15 assists, assists with 28 points. Uh, he's 27. He's pretty versatile. Uh, he's six feet, about 197 pounds, and he won the Stanley Cup. Good for him. Uh, I think, like, He's all right, and I think you'd play all right here. But again, he's got four point six million dollar cap hit, or whatever we'd have to take on from that. And he's a UFA, so I'm not sure. And also, like sometimes the people from the West don't want to come out to the. Yeah, you know I mean, like they, I still think that both conferences have very unique uh, caricatures or whatever or whatever their players are. So, what say you about the ta- the tie 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 tifo? I am a big fan of Tyler Toffoli. I really wanted to get this player because um, he he's not going to come at such a high price that, that Kreider will or anybody else that uh, might be on the list. Um, I think a second-round pick um, and a prospect might do it. And we'll talk about um, one of the prospect that I'm talking about and actually on the next the next uh, agenda topic. So, um, yeah, I, 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 maybe I'm a little biased because I, I got to see this kid uh, with Manchester Monarchs in, in the American Hockey League when the AHL was in Manchester before going to the Ontario Reign. 
um, who actually just had their all-star festivities out there, which it was pretty cool. And um, yeah, so I just like them. I'm a big fan of Tifo and uh, and always have been. I, I've seen him develop in the American Hockey League, and uh, he played for the Ottawa 67s. Uh, you know, it's just he's. He's my type of player, and he's not going to light it up on the score sheet every night like everybody expects, but he can be that um, that glue guy that could possibly, you know, if if retained, because I mean that that's a clear clear uh, avenue of um, of uh, a rental, you know what I mean? And at rental price is a second round pick and a prospect isn't that bad. So depending if they the team really wants to go for it, so. How about my favorite, Kyle Palmieri? I he's, think as for the people on the list that are most, I think that he would fit into our style. Uh, you know, that's, yeah, more or less um, like Toffoli, not so much. I, I like the player and so on, but he doesn't check all the boxes. Um, he's got to have a stronger defensive game. Uh, but when you talk about that particular part of the game, I, I like the uh, Palmieri suggestion and the Kreider suggestion. So um, I believe that they, they can put the puck in the net, and but they can also they they they'll be physical. They, I mean, Kreider hits, Palmieri hits. You know, I mean, it's just it, yeah, it's they could cause pandemonium out there and be and be that type of player that'll stick up for a teammate if somebody's going after Jake Debrusco or, or David Krejci. That, I mean, those are really good assets to have on the line. But it's just, it's just another one that's not going to be cheap, you know. And Paul Mary, if I'm not mistaken, does have a lot more term he than... He is, yeah. He's played 46 games. He's got 17 goals and 16 assists. Again, this is yesterday's information with 33 points. What I like about Kyle... Well, I like Kyle Paul Mary anyways, but he can play either wing. We need a right wing, but if you decide you really want Anders Bjork to now become a right wing and you want to, you know, whatever, he can be moved around like that. He does have a kind of heavy cap hit at uh, 4.65, but he is signed through 2021, so that's good. Uh, also, who doesn't want to get out of New Jersey? No, I'm just kidding. Yeah, New, right Jersey's, New Jersey's <laughs> it's better than being in Detroit, like significantly yeah. better. But um, I wrote down this, though, about how I, I was saying to you earlier, if that's going to be the case, though, I feel like if you're going to get that kind of player... You might as well, for the cap hit, try to get Marcus Johansson back. And we talked about how he was really a, a casualty of the cap at the time. If you're going to spend that money and eat that money, he has term two through 2021. And also, I don't know quite what his numbers are, but he has he has a chemistry with this team. Because besides Johansson and uh, Nola Chari, who seems to have found a new life down there in Florida... Uh, the team is basically the same, and it's been working out pretty well. You know what I mean? So maybe, ironically, maybe the right winger was the right winger that we couldn't resign or whatever to get him up there. But because um, it would actually be cheaper to do that. But another person people keep uh, throwing around, Jason Zucker, Minnesota Wild. 40 games played as of yesterday with 28 points, 14 goals, 14 assists. All these guys have pretty much the same numbers. Uh, he is kind of... He's got a 5-5 AAV, and he signed through 22-23. So that would be signing up for, like, a long haul. Yeah. But that might be worth it because the cap is going to change and, yeah. so, you know, salary structures will change. So Depart Departures uh, over the summer, too, will, will dictate 
the uh, the cap space. So is uh, Jason Zucker for you a thumbs oh. up or a thumbs down? I'm a big uh, Jason Zucker fan. Uh, his wife's hot, um, and, and she's fun. She is fun on Twitter. Oh my God, she is hilarious. Um, and her and uh, Charlie Coyle, Bruins Charlie Coyle, have been going back and forth. It's, it's been really fun. Um, but yeah, he's a he's a fast forward, crafty. Um, he's an in your face type of uh, type of player. Um, I wouldn't consider him a power forward, but um, no, he's just he's 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 got decent size and uh, abilities. So yeah, I, I could definitely see him being a Bruins player. Uh, you know, if it worked out, because uh, you know having his having his uh, better half in the Boston area is not a bad thing either. I, I like him too, but I think I like him more in Minnesota than in Boston. I think one of the other three guys that we've talked about thus far would be more suited to our town. Sorry, even though you love his wife. <laughs> How about uh, Jean-Gabriel Pajot from the Ottawa Senators? Who The Senators are such a weird team. It's like they're bad, but they're not. Like, like they have some talent. You know what I mean? It's like, I don't know. They really can't seem to... They don't really fit in the like... Dumpster fire class, quite, but they're not really good. <laughs> I don't know. How you, how do you feel about him? He's uh he had forty nine games. He's got twenty goals, twelve assists, thirty two points. He's only three million three ten three point one. Well, for the price, it's a bargain. And then he's a UFA. And for the price, it's definitely a bargain. Um, rental situation again, uh, and he's versatile. He could play the center. He could play the on uh, the left side and the right side, I believe. Um, yeah, I mean, gritty player, fast, creative, um, kind of reminds me of a little bit of the Marshan type that he, he can run his mouth. He can run his mouth with, with the best of them. Um, Chirpers. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, I, it's not a bad, not a bad move at all. If we're going to rent one, uh, he's probably on my list for rentals. Yeah. Like if we, you know, and also he might looked for like a long-term solution. Um, we're going to kind of just quickly skip this one, but Michael Granlin was another one from the Nashville Predators. I don't, again, Nashville, you're so disappointing to me, but he's only got 10 goals and eight assists, and he's uh, got a 5.7 mil, so we'll be eating a lot of that, even though they'll have eaten a lot of it by this point in the season. That's still giving him up towards what you'd be paying someone like a Toffoli or a Kreider or whoever. That That's just me. No offense, Michael Granlin, but... Uh, and last but not least, your favorite, and I, and it was on the list, but we have to bring it up so you had see if you had explosives. You always get so passionate when you hear this name, uh, Ilya Kovalchuk. No, on the Montreal Canadiens. No. he's played twenty eight games. He's got eight goals and ten assists. Mark, he's got eighteen points in twenty eight games. <laughs> he is almost like he is on fire. He is what's turning this Montreal Canadian team around. Oh wait, just kidding. <laughs> uh, no, I'm a still a no go on him. Yeah, he's still thirty six. You know, if he wasn't doing so good point-wise, and, and I don't think that's that's great. You're not a point-per-game player yet to make, you know, but just because he is doing somewhat good in his return from the KHL, um, oh, I'm sorry, from the LA Kings, uh, it doesn't doesn't do enough for me. And, and, and that shouldn't hype up, oh, the I told you so people, because they're always like, oh, see, Sweeney, you slept on another one. It's like, no, he didn't. You don't know the chemistry, what goes on in each individual locker room throughout the league. Also, Don Sweeney gave him a very 
reasonable offer on a cup contending team. Yeah. And he basically pissed it off. Well, he didn't. So yeah, he, he didn't Don want, Sweeney's only got so much money, and he's not looking to beg players that didn't want to play for him in the first place to come over. Know what I'm saying? He'd yeah. rather pay two mil than seven hundred thousand. From saying. my understanding, the offer was for one year. Elia wanted the three, and LA was was the 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 benefiting factor of of that. So better than the most. Yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's just that this. Everybody's coming out saying that you know Sweeney slept and blah blah blah. I don't believe so. Um, you know the guy's a, the guy is a good hockey player. There's no doubt about it. He's I mean he. Yeah, it's not that I don't think he's a good hockey player. I just, I just don't think for whatever reason. Fit. Yeah, he seems to you fit know. anywhere without eventually there's some kind of falling out and whatever. Everyone says he's a great guy, and I want to believe that because, like I said, I I don't know them personally, so I can only judge by what I see on ice, media, things like that. But I just don't think he's. The type of player, unless our players are saying, hey, why don't you go get Ilya Kovalchuk? We'd love to have him here. That's different. If they're, like, advocating to, like, get him on here, cool. But I don't know he's only going to score eight goals and have ten assists from now till whatever. And that is super cheap. And there are a lot of teams, honestly, that could probably benefit from him. I just don't think our team is it. Like yeah. I said, I, I don't. If I, I think. Plus, I don't see Boston trading with Montreal. To be honest with you, no. Even if Montreal, although Montreal, they're trying, they're trying to stay in it. Speaking of Montreal and, and how much we love to shit on them, mm-hmm. um, I saw I saw a really really funny um, meme, and uh, it was the, of the Poxitani Phil, mm-hmm. and it said um, Phil saw his shadow, so no cup. No cups for another six decades for the Montreal Canadiens. So I thought that was pretty funny. The funny thing is, like, Montreal literally couldn't, like, if they didn't win another Stanley Cup, for, well, first of all, the city would burn to the ground at some right. point. But even if they didn't win for another 60 years, they would still, on average, have way more Stanley Cups than anybody else. <laughs> Isn't you, that, like, crazy? Did you know that that is technically the last team to win in Canada? 1996. They won in 96. What? Was it 96? I'm going to have to look it up. Montreal? Montreal? I think it was like earlier than that. No, I think it was 96. I think it was like 92 or something like that. Look it up. I am doing it. Look it up. 96, it wasn't, that's, I don't want to say the avalanche. That's the year the avalanche came in in like 95, 96. Yeah, I'm not. I I can't remember, but I feel like it was a little bit earlier. You may be right. I may not be right. I just feel like Canada hasn't had a Stanley Cup in a while. Look it up. We're looking up something that's no Wikipedia. Oh, don't look it up on Wikipedia. What are you talking about? Oh, as a teacher, I just got the dirties. All right. So where is it? Oh, this is this is awesome podcasting. This is awesome podcasting. Okay, well, how about while you're looking up that before we move on, because we're moving on probably to our next topic, real quick, um, let's bring that up. Yeah, Montreal's got 55 points. We got 74 points. Oh, well. What are they? They're 11th in the conference. That's not that bad. They're like 27th down on the list for the thing. But, um, yeah. I no, mean, I'm sorry. When was it? 96 was Colorado. Oh, I was... 1993. Oh, guess who was most right in this conversation of uneducated or non-informed people? Even worse, Canada hasn't won a cup since 1993. And fun fact, 
But technically, you could say Colorado because they had only not been in Canada for like two years. So (laughs) That's funny. Oh, my God. I almost knew those facts off the top of my head. It's not (laughs) happening. (laughs) Well, just today, I'm having one of those brain days. Like, I can't believe it. Like, you saw me with my papers and my whatever. All right. Well, that was an interesting fun fact about our arch rivals. I don't know why we gave them that much time of our lives. But, um, well, what are we doing here? What are we doing? We got... Do we have a quickie topic here to discuss? We talked about Bacchus. We so talked about the defense. Let's, let's, do, um, let's do the Jeremy Laws on recent play discussion before we take another break. Uh, he's been playing very well. One of my favorite prospects to watch down in the system. Um, played very well for the Ru- Ruin Noranda Huskies. I always battle with that. Uh, but, uh, no, I thought he played very well in the Quebec Major Junior Hockey League in his career down there. And, uh, and and doing a fantastic job for the on the blue line for the Providence Bruins under Jay Leach, head coach. Um, and he's deservingly so. I mean, it, that, that draft pick, a second-round pick for him, is definitely playing dividends. Because the kid works hard, and he's getting his opportunities in Boston. So um, one of the reasons why I wanted to bring this particular prospect up is because of the fact is that like I said, for a player like Toffoli is going to garner a, a prospect and a second-round pick, I think that these games... Now, I'm just speculating. I'm just speculating. There's no rhyme or reason why I'm saying this. But there has been a lot of talk about um, a prospect going the other way, and it's a defensive prospect. So this could his games could be to showcase... Which is not a bad I, bad thing, but it also could be for the fact is that hey kid, you you've been really busting your ass up the up the developmental uh, system, and we want to say thanks um, because his call ups haven't been due to injuries, so mm. something's going on. I don't know if he's going to be the one that's going to be involved in trade talk, <laughs> but we'll see what happens. Uh, but he's been playing very well. I think he's. I think he really absorbs his time uh, in the NHL. He played 16 games last year, uh, and he had a goal. And he's got um, he's got uh, um, three games under his belt right well, now. Last fourth, night, I think, was his fourth. Fourth game, and, he's, and you know, he's got a goal in, in that time frame. So, mm-hmm. I mean, he's not, he's not going to be that point producer that, you, that everybody clams for, um, but more or less, he's going to be a shutdown guy, and he's also a guy that's not going to take any shit, you know? I mean, he he really, he will go after somebody if, if he sees liberties being taken on one of his teammates. I've seen it countless times down in Providence. He's a he's the in-between between the Charas and the Grizzlick, or the Krug and, the, well, I can't use McAvoy, but uh, I guess if Kevin Miller, who you'll talk about later, like that type of player, uh, he's kind of that in-between. He's tough. He's more defensive minded in that way. So like for him <coughs> oh, excuse me. That he's point wise is alright, but it's the other things. But I I like I was saying to you, I'm not sure though if he's ready to be up all the time. Right. But he has looked good since he's been up there. I'm glad to have him up there. Oh, yeah. So anyways, I think he's looked alright. I'm again I'm not sure how I feel all the way up all the time, but he's looked good where he is, whether they're just trying to showcase him or we're gonna keep him around and they're looking to bump him up. I, I, for one, hope he sticks around. I kind of like the way he's been playing. Um, obviously, I'd, I'd rather have him than Kevin Miller in the lineup. So, um, 
you know how I feel about Kevin Miller, and I agree with that. Yeah, so it, we'll see what happens. I mean, the kid's just been really working hard, and it's just been really impressive to see him thrive in, in this situation um, you know, as, a, as a player that's, that's like on the threshold of, of an NHL career, whether it starts full next season or, or, or even as soon as we get done recording this podcast. Um, I'd, I'd, I'd love to see him on the, on this Boston Bruins team on the blue line, but it's unfortunate when you, when you, when you get involved with trade talks that somebody like him is always going to be brought up too, because of that talent and, uh, and what he's doing for the organization, um, whether it be at the NHL level or the developmental system. So that's about all I got on that. So, um, we are going to take a, another break and hear from the great folks at the store next door please go to the store next door.ca buy some hockey related stuff from some awesome people so we will be right back there's a lot of people with disabilities that can't just go out and find a job so we set out to create a business to fill those needs one stick at a time gift shop is a Yarmouth based manufacturer and retail outlet store so we make great ideas that any of our employees come up with and we reuse and recycle as much as possible our most popular item is probably our hockey furniture we take broken hockey sticks and turn them into different products we go through a lot of hockey sticks a lot a whole lot considering that it's only been a year and we're shipping internationally I think that that's been a huge success most people's reactions are wow you do this here we don't accept can't here. Everyone here learns in different ways, but we want to give everybody every opportunity to find exactly what works for them. There's nothing better than when a customer buys something and then one of our employees say, I made that. They have meaningful lives and build things they can be proud of and get a paycheck for it. I'm Amy Acker and we change lives one job at a time. And we're back from hearing the great from the great folks at the thestorenextdoor.ca. Please go and check them out. Awesome, awesome furniture built from recycled hockey sticks they do a great job and just an unbelievable uh company up there in yarmouth nova scotia so check them out the store next door dot ca uh jumping back on the topics uh for the second half of the show rask is back i want to talk about tuka rask and um uh and I, we because we didn't do an episode last week, we did have some stuff that we wanted to talk about um, before the the uh, the All Star slash uh, bye week. Uh, he was injured. He sustained a concussion in a game against the. Do you remember what game it was? Uh, what team? I think it was that. Bu- was it? No, it wasn't Buffalo. It no, was it the wasn't. game right after Buffalo. Give me a second. I will tell you which game. No, it's good. Um, but he got got injured. And um, he took a shot to the head, which was it looked deliberate to me, uh, on the side of the head. Didn't even see it coming. The Blue Jackets. Yes, it was the Blue Jackets. And um, was out. And uh, also, um, before that, he also was suspended. Well, not anymore, but uh, was, was going to be suspended for not going to participate in the All-Star game, which I think is fine. Um, so... It's good to have him back uh, in the in the mix. He's been playing well, uh, obviously against the, his first action back was was the game against the Winnipeg Jets. So um, good to have him back in the fold. Like I said, arrested Rask is a very good one. So I expect him to come out of the gate um, 
and uh, and really, really do what he can to to put the team on his shoulders like he did last year, all the way to the Stanley Cup Finals, and hopefully. Hopefully, if the Bruins do make it there, it, it, that he's successful. Fingers crossed, baby. Yeah, knocking on wood. Yeah, that's. A lot. So, um, thoughts on Rask? Uh, Rask is back. Yeah, he looks again more like himself. I mean, even before he got the concussion, like again, our goaltenders were off, so it's nice to see both of them. And it's always good when you have your starting goaltender back. It's not about how much you're paying him; it's about him showing up and being able to play. So, I'm all right with it. Going all right to me. Yep. You know how I feel. I'm not a raskator, but sometimes I need you to play like you should be playing, my friend. And he has been. He's been very consistent since at least the last 12 months of hockey he's been playing, you know. And yep. glad it wasn't a long-term kind of injury because, again, with Yarrow struggling a little bit there, was getting a little dicey. So exactly. the break was good. Um, do you have anything on Rask at all? Or did you want to talk about? Well, I just – we had that – Last time we recorded, there were a few things that have happened, you know, with the milestones, and we kind of got it a little cut off on it. But um, obviously, Rask was honored for his 500th game. He's played, what, probably 20 more games since then or whatever. Yep. Or maybe not so much with the break-in and whatever. But uh, I thought it was pretty awesome. He had already played the game, and then when they honored him, I thought it was awesome with the video of all the old teammates and stuff like that. And, the drum set kicked uh, ass. The drum set, which was perfect. And Lars, who didn't read the thing before he... <laughs> Did the thing, but still, like that, to me, I thought it was cool, and you know, whatever, he got the fancy wash, he got the bottle, but I think, as for like, knowing your your friends, like, what to get them for their birthday, or whatever, yeah. like, those boys were spot on getting that drum oh, yeah. set, and uh, Tuca looked like a little kid in a candy shop, so thank too. you, thank you for your service, Mr. Rask, and uh, that was a fun night, um, yeah, but it's good to have him back, he seems rested and ready to go, and his, I mean, at least he didn't appear to have any post-concussion symptoms no, happening no, that was limiting no, I mean, him at all. He even said that he, it wasn't like a dark room situation and, and you know, and noise and so on. So. And not all concussions are people. Yeah, I know. He's I know. a professional athlete. They're going to be a little more gentle with it's, them about It's this things, fan yeah. base, man. They piss me off sometimes with, with their hate. Like, he, he, had a, he had a concussion, and then he goes to his uh, the Bruins thing mm-hmm. before the game. And then that's that's the narrative that you hear it on Twitter. It's like, oh, I thought he had a concussion. And it's like, well, he does. Well, well, what's he doing in the stadium? It's loud and bright. Yeah. You know, so it's just kind of ridiculous that, that you know, the haters have to always pick something. Well, but. this is Metro Boston. If we don't have something to bitch about, we create something it's, to bitch yeah, about. No shit. Like no I said, all, all we've been hearing about two months is for the trade deadline wingers or whatever and now suddenly we need defense how about screw like just we we really will create things controversy or whatever like yes although mostly you are in a dark room every you know there's a difference between maybe the concussion he had and say mark savard almost yeah getting himself right you know whatever i just yeah calm down like <laughs> everyone calm the frig down it is ridiculous but, uh, but uh, no it's, it's really good to have him back because we, we do we do need um some good goaltending, and I believe we're going to get that because he's he's rested and and uh, and obviously we saw a really focused and squared Rask in the net against the Winnipeg Jets. So I am all for um, him getting the job done. Mm-hmm. Um, it remains to be seen on on how they manage his 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 games for the remaining thirty 
games of the of the year. I thought it was interesting that he didn't play both games. Like you know, like it's what, that the time. Back to back. Well, it's time of the year though that where you start like pushing yourself a yeah. little bit more. So right. it's just interesting, maybe not to just see kind of push him a little bit where he's had a lot of time. You know what I mean? Right. I was surprised because it wouldn't. It's not the first time that a goaltender has ever been played on a back to back. No, you know, it's been done. But no, like I said, hopefully everything works out and is good for him and so on. Because like, yeah, you need you need solid goaltending to to win in this league. You and you need defense. So, but uh, yeah, it's good. Two to out of three back. ain't bad. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah, just right. just kidding. Forwards, I love you too. Um, moving Some on to the others. moving on to the next topic uh, is Kevin Miller is um has been skating in pre-practice sessions uh not skating with the team but more or less out there getting uh some twirls um this is an interesting conversation i'm not a miller hater but i just see players playing better than him right now that i would rather see in the lineup over his return and i get that he is a solid player in the in the locker room and and he's a, a good friend to all these guys and they're all going to have like they're all going to have his back cuz as many times as he's gotten theirs um you know and it sucks that he gets injured all the time i mean he technically is the new McQuaid. um and but i don't know where to go with this one I, i'm really going to be upset if a player like Jeremy Lozon is is uh knocked out of a rotation because of a Miller insertion. I just think, I don't know, maybe maybe I'm wrong on that, but I, I don't want to see Kevin Miller in a Bruins uniform. Um, and, and I'm saying that respectfully, too. It's just, it's a business. You know, we, we're taking that money off of the cap with this LTIR right now, and that's a benefit. I, I don't even know if he'll ever skate again. Who knows? I mean, he's UFA at the end of the year. I don't know. I just don't know what to do. But I'm not going to be happy if, if a if a player that's been playing well, it gets gets the bump. My thing with well, I'm not a Kevin Miller. Like I don't understand. I would have just kept McQuaid. They're the same player. Okay, chronically injured, good stand up defenseman, good buddies in the room. But I am sick of having to hear about the David Backus fiasco yet for three years have on and off had to play a player who can't stay healthy. Not your fault. I'm not mad at you, Kevin Miller. You're hurt. It sucks. You're a young dude. I guess, I mean, I don't ever think you would have been a superstar defenseman, but as defensemen go, you weren't bad. But the way I feel at this point is we need to let Kevin Miller just go. I don't care, even if he is healthy. And that's another thing people have to keep in perspective. Just because he gets healthy doesn't mean he has to play. He's only 2.5. That's a lot easier for us to eat up on the ninth floor than David Backus. Do you know what I mean? And for me, though, and I get, like, people hate John Moore. I think John Moore is a more effective all-around defenseman. So if you're going to have to have one of these, and at least for the rest of this year, we're going to have to have one of these people taking up a slot or the pay or whatever's going on, I would rather have John Moore and then let the young kids fill in as necessary. Again, we have Clifton out, so we don't, you know, we, we're a little unstable on the back end. Not that he's been always in there, but, like, you know, you know, whatever. They bring Camper's been doing what he always does, going up and down as they want him to. And, you know, people are getting looks, like you said, even if it's not for injury reasons. Kevin, the Kevin Miller discussion needs to end. It sucks it's coming to this, just like it sucks how the Bacchus thing should should have been meant for us, right? It should have been the greatest 
four or five year contract, you know, like for yeah. like moving into our new fa- and it didn't work out. Same thing. I don't know if Kevin Miller's ever going to skate anywhere again. But at this point, I can't pay you and worry about that. So as a human, I want you to be healthy and be able to spend time with your friends and family and do the things that you love. But I just can't have it be playing hockey for the Boston Bruins. And that sucks, you know, and it's, again, it's always more sucky when it's of no really fault of anybody else's fault. But let's be honest. Kevin Miller is a bottom pairing defenseman is and always will be. Nothing wrong with that. Do you know what I mean? Plenty of careers have been built there. But what does it matter what, like, I am not someone who thinks having Kevin Miller during the playoffs last year would have made any difference come that game seven. Game seven, let's just face it and move on about it. St. Louis came to win, and we started shutting down when we weren't winning. We were like, the high was so high. It was like we started. They didn't score enough goals. As we randomly do, struggle when we face adversity. We're a weird team that sometimes we could take weeks of adversity. It's like, look at them. Nothing sticks to them, right? And then we can have 12 hours of just nobody can get themselves together. So, again, I would rather keep John Moore and, like, have to deal, even if it is for the next two seasons. It's the same amount of money, but... Kevin Miller needs, I think I said this before, Kevin Miller needs to worry about being healthy in life, not about sure. coming back to play hockey. Sure. And the Bruins are just going to have to deal with that because, frankly, this defense hasn't been any different with or without Kevin Miller, no matter what anybody who think they're, ex, you know, like, I mean, there are some real experts, but I mean experts like us that are right. like armchair GMs, you know. Yep. I don't care what your eyes tell you. Kevin Miller has never made such a significant impact on this team that we can't have a reasonable discussion about is it time to let it go, like right. you know, I, I think uh, that I think a lot of people bring up that he sticks up for his teammates and he's there to fight. And I everybody think, should be sticking up for your teammates. Yeah, I just I, it's the fighting thing that always, always is it gets gravitated to. It's like oh, if Kevin Miller was on this team, but Kevin Miller's not really a fighter. He's more of a yeah. stand-up, tough defenseman than he is a like right. fighter fighter. So that that argument is moot, anyways, because he is of the generation where you don't really fight so much, you know. Like, yeah, more like, again, like, more like Adam McQuaid. Like, you level someone or whatever, and you fight when you fight. You know, if no one else is doing it, you make a stand, you know. But he's more tough in the, like, traditional, like, just stand-up defenseman kind of way tough. And you know what? Some of these young kids can be that, too, if we make them. One, um, like, Clifton, when Clifton comes back, it's like, what are you going to do with him? Um, Miller comes back. What do you can do with him? I, the the whole Clifton thing for me is I'm a huge Cliffy hockey guy. I I just the kid's just really really grown on me with his uh, progression in his young in his young life uh, to professional hockey, and I don't want to see that cut short by a player like Kevin Miller coming back on the lineup and then forcibly pushing Clifton down to Providence, he's going to have to go through the, the, the waiver wire, and he won't last. Mm-hmm. There's, there's 31 other teams out there that are going to take a flyer on him. Um, so there's, like, so many, like, frustrating avenues that I'm thinking about when, when bringing Kevin Miller back on the team. Um, it just doesn't make sense to me. As a business, it doesn't make sense to me. I don't understand it either, just even as a fan base. Because he's been injured most of the last three seasons. Yeah. So it's not like 
he was an everyday player. And again, and this is not this is not what my problem is with Kevin Miller. Mine is strictly I don't like his style or whatever. And I, you know, for me, I I like more of like nowadays. I I I like a good stand up defenseman, but I also need people who can move the puck and not just. I don't I don't need big people who are defensive liabilities right, either. Right. Um and at times, let's be honest, he could be, you know. I'm not saying he's he is what he is. This is he's a two point six million dollar def- last pairing defenseman. Yep. It's not your fault. So I just want Kevin Miller for some reason he's listening to this. I'm not that's not why with you with a defense yeah. that's different. But from a business standpoint and from a health standpoint roster. It need there's a lot of things that need to give for Kevin Miller to be held, and it sucks that it will have ended this way or whatever has to happen. But it's got to happen, dude. Because yep. it, you know what, John Moore might not be everybody's favorite defenseman, but he's healthy and he's playing. And after those first few games, he's kind of evened out to be at least who John Moore is. You know what I mean? And even he might be on his way out via right. trade. Who knows? But he's certainly not getting any playing time. But that's the problem with Kevin Miller is we can't do that because he's not healthy enough to trade him. Right. Unless someone eats his cap space. I mean, I'm sure there's some loopholes in which you can move people even if they're, you know what I mean? I, we don't know all the legal logistics of it. You know what right. I mean? Teams have done shady things. But that's just, I feel bad saying that. But, like, sorry, guy, you got to go. I need you off my roster like two years ago. And it's not even just about the roster spots. It's about the money. And, yeah, you don't have to pay it when people are injured. But it's also tying up money because you can't really spend that money yeah. either. So, sorry, Kevin Miller, it's going to have to happen. Sorry, Donnie, it's going to hurt. And sorry, boys in the locker room. But So, um, I don't know. I, keep hearing, I don't know. I kept hearing a buzz. Um, yeah, so we'll, we'll end that conversation. It's just, it's just tough. It's, I don't know. I just, not hating on the guy. Yeah. I just, I really just don't see any, I, I don't see value in his game. I I mean, it does sound like I'm being so No, it's shitty, that you but... don't see enough value in his yeah. game. It's not that you don't see value in his game. It's just you can no Younger longer... Younger players right now are playing better than him, in, yeah. in my opinion. You can no longer see his value on this team. That's right. the difference, so... Speaking of value, mm-hmm. moving on to another topic. This is a, uh, one that came across the uh, Black and Gold Hockey Podcast desk this morning uh, via NHL Trade Talk. The website uh, it is NHLTradeRumorsTalk.com. Um, I'm not a big fan of these websites at all, but this one was interesting and uh, a decent read. Um, but Kevin Paul DuPont of the Boston Globe suggests the Bruins should consider trading David Krejci. Um, DuPont points to inconsistencies in Krejci's line this season and specifically points to the year left on his 33-year-old contract. What? The 33 On the, on the 33-year-old. <laughs> I'm like, wow, contracts have gotten really, You're really You're like, long. these contracts are out of control. And he makes $7.25 million. So what what Kevin KPD is saying, I and I totally, totally disagree. I I, I mean, if it, if it has to be done, it has to be done. It's a business. I get it. But... I just don't see a player like Krejci right now who's got thir- like 38 points in, in 44 games. Um, and, and, you know, even though he has tough times with uh, line mates and, and creating chemistry, 
I still think he's got a very valuable player to this club. Again, never a line, just two dots waiting for the he, third line. Right. So, but I kind of get sucked into maybe it is a possibility. I know, I know host uh, of the Big Bad Bruins podcast, Chris Blackie, is going to probably jump out his window after I say this. I'd like but to say hi, Chris Blackie. Chris I Blackie enjoy you guys' podcast. Yeah, Big Bad Bruins pod. Follow them. They're very, very good. Him and Ian Glendon do a fantastic job. He really does love David Gritchie. He does, too. He got a shirt. Yeah. He got I a heard, shirt. Yeah. yeah, I saw it on Twitter. He's like, he, he, update. on. It'll be here Wednesday. But um, <laughs> now, when you think about David Gritchie's money and his one year left after this season, you you have to consider that being involved in what they're going to do with Tory Krug and having funds available to lock him up. Because Tory is expected to get a significant increase in pay, and, and, and he should. I think, you know, 70-point defensemen, they don't always grow average. on trees. And, and one that quarterbacks the power play so well, like, like Krug, um, you know, it just can't be... I don't know, it's just... I was right, basically, is what you're saying. Yeah, kind of. I just didn't want to say it. Um, it's fine. I can be right every now and then. But uh, it, it does kind of make sense that you do need some funds to do that. But I also I, I also look at Cap Friendly, and I can picture some players that I, I personally wouldn't want to be back on this team. Um, like Joachim Nordstrom, I, I think his days are done. There's a million dollars off your cap. Um, Parlin Home, I don't. I don't. I don't understand this player at all. Uh, he's. I uh, got two, uh, this year and next year. Uh, maybe a buyout. Who knows? Um, but uh, Zdeno Chara. Who knows what's going to happen with him? And he, he makes two million dollars right now. So the team. Uh, if if he, he does come back, it's probably going to be about the same contract that. Like, probably whatever. the probably the league minimum. Uh, so. I just don't see any funds available to like really get a Tory crew locked down for long term. It's yeah. Okay. I'm sorry. So as you know, just like I've had three years of having to worry about what's happening with Tory Krug. <laughs> but as for David Krejci, I think it's this goes back to what I was saying about why are you, if mo not. At this point in our in your season, with the team as good as the Bruins are, with the talent they have, the chemistry, and really the the whole entire core of the team is still there. Besides Achari and, you know, and Marcus Johansson. I mean, Achari at least was like a full time. You know, we only had Johansson for a little drive by, but like Achari right. had been around for a couple. You know what I mean? Yep. Plugging in and out of that spot. This team is a good team. They have besides yes, we had some iffy moments between like Thanksgiving and break, but. They're only human beings that are playing an 82-game season like everybody else. And other teams as good as us have also struggled, but people don't make as big of a deal about it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, Krejci is having his best season in a long time. He's been the quiet leader. His injury, he hasn't been injured. We've lost him for long. So three years ago, arguing to trade Krejci for his cap hit to me would make more sense. This season, that's not helping shore up those forwards. Right. That's now, I mean... He's been a center on this team. And I'm not saying, I'm, I understand sometimes you have to go. Obviously, we need money. Tory Krug, there are some people we're either going to end up signing or letting moving on from. But people forget that there are 
maybe we do dump a Kevin Miller contract. That's the small enough that a team might eat that because they you have to spend so much money right. on the cap. And right. let's face it, part of parity in this league doesn't really work out because even though we all have the same money, you're still going to have certain cities people want to play in and certain cities people don't and things Tax like that. Free zones. But it seems ridiculous to me, especially when you have a Krejci, as we've discussed. It could be Krejci could be on the top line or the center line, you know, whatever. To take such a heart of this team in a season where we're doing pretty good, even with all our stumbles, we're still solidly standing at the top of King of the Mountain, right? Right. Why would you do that? Why? Like... So for years and years, you refused to get Krejci a right wing. And I'm sorry, like Don Sweeney tried. He tried with working, you know, like yeah. it's it's tried. Louis Erickson, I have no idea why that was such a hot mess because he should have been a perfect fit for whatever, right? We've had a few. But at this point in the season, it just, that seems more crazy to me than Kevin Miller coming back on the roster. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? And skating. Why would you, the only people who score consistently on this team are four to five of the top six. Yeah. And Tory Krug. Yeah. Even to this day, if you looked at the numbers, now there are other people creeping up, okay? I'm not looking. I know Danton has struggled, but he's not the dude I'm looking at to score 30 goals a year, right? right. I'm looking at the David Krejci's of the world, and David Krejci is solidly David Krejci again. That people are jealous. Like, oh, Boston's got bo- the, all these great centers. You know what I mean? Because we do. All the way down that line, yeah, we have absolutely. pretty solid point men to, like, get it going and, you know, whatever. But... To me, that just seems like crazy talk. Like, things have to happen, and I am all for the money, but we're losing Seidenberg and Bolesky's money off yeah. of the hit and stuff. That's $3 million alone that will shore up. If we don't go up and blow at the team at the trade deadline, because I guess my thing is always this is what I'm worried about. I'm all for making moves. But are you going to move Krejci because he costs $7 million and not because of performance to what? Maybe get three players back that don't equal one Krejci. You know, like, that's the kind of thing I I think that you should heavily weigh before you shoot off and say crazy train things like David Krejci. It's always Tuka. It's always crazy. It's more than just about how much they're getting paid, people. It's not necessarily about the number. It's also about what they bring you, right? We learned that yep. the hard way with some bad contracts over the years. Oh, yeah. At least I remember some very traumatizing ones that, like, I want to cry right now thinking about Matt Bolesky's contract, just <laughs> thinking about it. Like, I can't. All right, sorry that did I I didn't mean to soliloquate over. Uh, no, it's all right. Um, that one was for you, Chris Black. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I I I, I don't I I kind of on the fence on this. I see uh, David as a, a very valuable center up the middle for this Boston Bruins team, but I also see value on the trade market when you're trying to save some money for future assets and and uh, the efforts to lock them down. So. Uh, see what happens with that. I just, I just don't see it happening. And, and surprised that that uh, Kevin Paul Dupont from the Boston Globe would would uh, write that, suggest that. I, you know. Why would you get me all riled up? Like I know. Why would you do that, Kevin? Jeez. Boston Globe. So um, another one, another topic that I want to jump on, uh, which was just added because I'm a little slow and um, and I just, it was it was a interesting week uh, of the bye week to say the least. And and when you talk about trades and trade deadline and that's approaching and blah blah blah, uh, Joe Thornton return to Boston trades have 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 risen. Uh, Joe, not sure if he's happy, unhappy in San Jose. I'm pretty sure it's not. He's not having the best year. Um, yeah, probably hasn't had the best two years. 
but yeah, he's a forty-something-year-old forward who yeah. skated very hard for decades. He um, this this just I don't even know if this trade rumors, but more trade suggestions about bringing him back and and what he could do. I mean, the guy's a center. Where do you put where do you where do you put him? Where do you plug him in? We need another center on this team. Yeah, and, and going back to David Backus, if, if you bring in Joe Thornton, it's like, well, what? Well, well, just why don't you bring back David Backus? It's basically the same Let's thing. Let's pay fifteen million dollars to two aging. Yeah. Um, and At I, least Backus knows? can play a wing. Just that's true. I, I just don't see it happening. I think more or less this this basically was put out there um, for the the story glam. You know, I mean, he started in Boston. If if, if you've been under a rock for the last twenty years, um, he did start off with the Boston Bruins and he got sent to uh, San Jose, which was uh, the, the the return was really not. I mean, Michael Sturm was pretty yeah. much the only real. He was the you know, headliner yeah. on that. I mean, Brad Stewart and, and Wayne Primo. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Wayne Primo, that was like a not good Wayne Primo. Yeah, like it decent. wasn't. It wasn't even... At the, it seemed like a good idea, but then again, it didn't pan out when he was actually on the team. Mako was solid. He was the only thing yeah, that was... Man. But Absolutely. at the time, that was... I mean, I wasn't... I was not a Joe Thorne person. Like, there were two types of fans in Boston. Fans like me that were like, that's right, you're constant like... You're not panning out the way that I want you to at this time. Oh, I love Marco Sturm kind of fans. <laughs> and there are fans that have been pining for the last 20 years for Joe Thornton to be a Bruin again. I think that partly got kicked up, though, because his career's clearly, you know, wrapping up. Yeah. Which isn't just because of, I mean, he is also doing good. older in the team. And it's kind of like, uh, I don't feel it's the same as when Ray Bork went to Colorado. And that's what people are trying to like, should he? I think that's what sparks some of it. Like, oh, Joe can come back and compete with the Bruins and maybe get his cup. Yeah. I say it's not the same thing because Ray Bork busted his ass for two decades for this team. And we never put a team together good enough that we could win the cup. So he had to go somewhere else to mm-hmm. win the damn cup. Joe Thornton has had plenty of chances. And the Sharks have had, and same thing, Patrick Marlowe. I'm going to put him in the, because again, two of the greatest players of their generation that are never going to probably touch that cup. But some of that's their own fault. And I'm not going to feel bad about it. Like, I don't, you're bad, like, not working out for you, Juju, or whatever. I've lost two cups in the same time. You probably could have had six of them because you guys kept going to the, remember it was like every year they were in the conference finals and they could not, just couldn't do it. Kind of like the Buffalo Bills. Yeah, kind of like my Bills. But you know what? (laughs) At least like, yeah, but I got a strong skin. I don't think the San Jose, like they they don't really have a lot of things out there. They have like MLS soccer and the San Jose Sharks. And it's hard. Like, you know why it's not so devastating when your team loses two Stanley Cups within 10 years? Oh, it really was. I'm just lying. But because when your team sucked for the first 30 years of your life, you can handle like, okay, well, we're going to have rough back. Of course I almost got to win, right? Like that's... So on one hand, yes, I would like Joe Thornton to maybe have a shot, one more shot. But at the same time, you've had San Jose has been one of the best teams in the league for ten years, consistently making the play or whatever it is. You not winning is now not. I have to take your cap space like hit. Right. I'm sorry. I just no offense, Joe Thornton. It's crazy, but talk. it's not the same as Ray Bork. I read a couple people writing. It's like when Ray Bork. No, Ray Bork going to Colorado was a total different situation. I think that article that I saw on the Joe Thornton return to Boston um, was a Joe Haggerty piece, NBC Boston. So. Well, that explains it. <laughs> I have a love hate relationship with Joe Haggerty. Sorry, Joe Haggerty and people out there. So, 
Um, that is it for my list of topics that are discussed on this episode 164 of the Black and Gold Hockey Podcast. Heather, let's talk about some random stuff. Okay, let's talk about some random. All right, well, the Bruins, we're holding strong, man, two games back. We're second in the league. Second in the conference, but by one point, Washington yeah, wounds you and solid. But um, again, like we we had a little bit of problem last time suiting it. So I, before we maybe do any other random one, because my brain is random, and I'll admit it, people, I'm not as prepared as I normally am with my Geek Squad notes. Uh, I did want to bring up again, just real quick, thank you, Zidane Ocharo, for all your service. Uh, as you guys know, just like Tuca hit his 500th, Zidane Ocharo got his 1,000th game as a Bruin, only due to everywhere the captaincy for 1,000 games. Ray Bork, even the great Ray Bork is 100-and-something games behind him for wearing the C on his sweater. Um, obviously, Ray Bork. But... um. Chara, this was a fun game Mark and I played at the time. You guys can play it when he first showed up here in 2006. Uh, he signed a $37.5 million five-year deal. Uh, one of the only things I think Peter Chiarelli, I don't want to set him on fire about as right. my GM. Uh, that and the Stanley Cup. But I find that's more Cam Neely than Peter Chiarelli because I hate him so much. I'm going to make it Cam Neely's baby and not his. <laughs> uh, but uh, we played a game that was like, can you name 10 players from the 2006-7 Bruins that first played with uh, Zidane Chara? Once Mark got going, you did pretty good. But we're not going to recap that for you. Although that was two weeks ago and I could probably pull it up and test it again and see how Mark does. Uh, also, a great day for my life because that's when Mark Savard got signed as a Bruin, who I loved and nobody liked because, okay, he savvy might have been a little arrogant at times, but he was good. Good. Sad to him thing. But... Um, anyways, a thousand games as a captain, whether you love or hate Zidane Ochara, as a Bruins fan, if you're not down with Zidane Ochara, there is something majorly effing wrong with you. But that being said, you know who else has played 500 games with the Bruins? Oh. Tori Crew. Oh boy. Yay. Hey, girl. Ooh, ooh. Hey, I'm a proud mama. He had a great game. Yes. Like that. And that just goes to prove you don't need to have the big giant guy to defend yourself. When you got firecrackers like the Tory Krug on the ice. Oh, he's a tank. He, he, he really is. is. He's, he might be small, but he's stronger than probably half of those six foot four guys on the ice. And his thigh is the size of my body. So there you go. And, um, and what's his name? Uh, the Mike Granelli. Yeah. Granelli loves the Krug. How size. can you not love Tory Krug? <laughs> Now we're, make, we're making him uncomfortable. Stop talking about him like this. Um, but anyways, he played his – well, he's actually – he played his 507th game. And uh, just a little thing, not for a little scrappy boy from Michigan, Michigan State, undrafted. That's right. I think – I truly believe Don Sweeney saw a little of himself in Tory Krug because I really feel Don Sweeney was born a generation too early for the kind of uh, play that – style that he had. Uh, but – he has had 65 goals and 260 assists in those 507 games. He makes that back end better, even though, yes, he's not the biggest dude, and oh, but he stands up for himself. He stands up for his teammates. He's overall awesome. Baby's going to get paid whether it's here, hopefully here, or somewhere else. Uh, but, th again, if you're not down with Tory Krug, there is something wrong with you. You really must be blind at this point There's to not see. There's a lot see. of people out there that are not down with They're Tory not, Krug. and I don't understand. Like, these are the same people who think Kevin Miller should be back on the team. and 235 Exactly. Pounds. They're the same people who are living in 2005, yeah. and they want big old giant. Don't get me wrong. I, I love stand-up defense, like big old defensemen, too. I don't want people to think that. But 
Hey, Tory Krug, not bad for a kid that's, you know, not much taller than me, 186 pounds soaking wet, and uh, awesome hockey flow. Right on, Tory Krug, <laughs> right on. All right, what else do I have random? Oh, um, I just wanted to mention quickly, obviously we didn't record last week, but it was All-Star Weekend. We won't get into the logistics of what people like and hate about it. Um, I disagree about that shooting star competition. I thought that was stupid and confusing, and I don't, whatever. Um, I'm loving the idea people are talking about, like, taking, like, a, a current player, a former player, and one of the girls and put them on three-on-three competition that way. That sounds awesome to me. Uh, skills competition was hot or cold, but please bring back the targets. I'm jumping on the bandwagon with everyone else. I don't normally like to talk about what everyone else, but please just put the targets back in and the accuracy shooting. It makes it more exciting. Things are exploding. You actually see how yeah. hard people are shooting. It's a better visual. And also, why do you want to make it more technology if it's just going to break every three shooters and then you're just wasting yeah, time? Bring the phone back. People are already having a hard time staying focused on what's going on at this skills competition. Please don't make it harder. Although women, awesome three-on-three game. Absolutely fabulous. Kicking some butt. But David Pasternak, just want to say, as you know, David Pasternak was a captain. They won two out of three. Ain't bad. Oh, well, well. One out of two ain't bad, really. But um, he was the MVP, so good for Pasta. So I'm very happy for him. Also, I said this is proof that um, Pasta fever is sweeping the nation. He's fun. He kind of reminds me of Ovi when he first came in. Not as, like, kind of arrogant, jerky Ovi, but the fun. Like, remember, he used to put, like, hats on himself and spin around and always be, like, you know, like, oh, like, because he's more serious. But, um... Uh, there's only three Bruins that have ever won the MVP at the All-Star game, which seems a little crazy, which has been going on since 1968. I feel like there would have been more. So Billy Guerin, Ray Bork, Bobby Orr, congratulations, Pastor. You just joined uh, a little group of people. Uh, and Cassidy had said on the first shift of the game against the Metro, he was back-checked all the way to the goal. I was like, where was this all year? I just need to put the C on him. Good luck getting that off Z, he said. So, uh and past is so funny. It's a huge honor in this organization. Ray already texted me. Wow. That's <laughs> but, awesome. But um, I just recognize a little David Pasternak. He is fun. And he he truly... Hashtag Pastor Nasty. I know they all play for the love of the sport, quote unquote. But that is a kid that loves being a hockey player. He loves being a Bruin. He loves... A, What's up, guys? Like everywhere he goes. Yeah. And... The fans, not just in our region, clearly love him too because his story is pretty amazing. They vote the MVP, yeah. And when he that's... was a kid in the Czech Republic and so on, it's mm. just you know. Yeah, and he lost his dad young yeah, and everything, yeah, and just, his I mean, family is a very strong family. But he's... I was, I was. Um, let me interrupt you for a moment. Oh, yeah. I was listening to last week's uh, Perfection Pod with uh, Flutus Nzawa and Joe McDonald, the athletic writers, and um, the training that David Pasternak does. Um, I I was amazed when he was a kid because there's only like one rink in in, in such a you know a wide area that time on ice was not always there. You probably skated like one one time one time a week, yeah, if you were lucky. So he his skills really came from um, working out in street hockey, and I found it amazing to hear on that perfection pod last week that uh, his shooting has been has, has, uh, been brought back to street hockey um, because there's no, like, you have to get the ball off quick in street hockey because there's friction. Yep. With no friction on the ice, it's just, you know, 
th those those skills and that mindset and that you know bring, he brings the that to the game today, which I thought was amazing that street hockey could be involved. Um, so thought it was pretty cool. Yeah, he and he's a kid too that chose to come. He did did he play in the WHL or something? He played. <coughs> he came and played a year. <clears throat> Excuse me. I'm something because there was a few of them that came because because of access to rink and playing time uh kind of thing but it, he has does have a good story and he's having fun and i don't care if he costs us six million dollars a year or whatever um i thought he had played i thought he came and played for a team over here and that's when he came in for draft league no draft league draft i think he year. just got all right well whatever we want me to do um i'm not saying it's true i'm just saying no, i know it's not um okay <laughs> no, I don't think, but I thought he had come and played somewhere. But um, thing, whatever, pasta. Yeah. What was I gonna say? Um, uh, as we are in the, while you're looking at pasta, I was just gonna no, quickly. Yeah, I'll check. I'll okay. check a public. All right. Well, I suck. So, <laughs> okay. uh, I just wanted to bring up for those in the Boston area, it's bean pot time, which is one of my favorite things in the world. Oh, they played hockey, at baby. TD Garden. Uh, for those of you out there that are Bruins fans but do not know what the bean pot is, uh, let me tell you. Uh, Boston University, uh, Boston College, uh, the Northeast Husky, Northeastern Huskies, and Harvard. They play a little couple game tournament to determine bragging rights in Boston. I always wish that they would expand it and maybe have some of the other ones. Uh, a lot of, well, Harvard's in the ECAC yeah. or whatever, but a lot of great high level hockey programs. It'd be fun. Maybe they every now and then invited. Northeastern's been Lowell. killing it lately. Yeah, and uh, so back back. that kicks off actually tomorrow. First game is Northeastern Huskies versus Harvard at 5, and then BUBC, which will be packed in the Garden for 8 p.m. But people get crazy. All the college kids got all their gear on and parents and things, and it's not that expensive to go, and it's kind of open. You want to go to the city, watch a couple games. Uh, and then on the 10th, next week, they do the championship game at 7.30, and they do the consolation prize. So basically... Bragging rights for Boston. Very exciting. Uh, BC's having a very solid season. So is Harvard, Northeastern, BU's kind of, they're all right in hockey. East. They're having a little trouble out of conference, but that's all right. It's always, it, like anything else, it's like the playoffs in hockey. Like the minute Beanpot starts, these four teams take on a totally different personality. And uh, True. fans are crazy. Like there will be painted faces. There will be... The best and worst of Boston hockey will be happening in there. And very exciting because the kids get to play at the Garden and have the dream. Really growing up, you only get those opportunities when you're going for like a state championship or something like yep. that to skate in the big things. So good for him. Also, I don't know why I didn't bring this up before, but uh, Marissa and Jemmy, she had brought up about how like Lozon and them coming up and down has re-sparked that internal competition which I just for myself and I know Mark loves it so and we like Marissa so but um I do think that especially with David Backus going down and I mean I don't think Kevin Miller so much but I do think like the Lozons coming up and popping in or I'm not an Anton Bleed person I know like you might disagree I he's one of those prospects or he's more like a veteran prospect you know what I mean where so he's we, not even a prospect to right me. that thing but like he's prospects to so me long. are entry levels. Well, that's what I mean. Is but that once you sign I know a pro that, deal, you're yeah, not a prospect but anymore. That's what I opinion. mean, though, is that, like, but for me, if you never, ever play on the, like, high level, like, the whole point of 
most people, your career path is like AHL, then NHL, you know, and he's just one of those, he's a prospect slash veteran, like AHLer that if we had to package and send somewhere else would free up some space and not hurt my feelings. It's nothing against you. I just, I don't value as much as some people do. I know there are some people who are diehards about this dude, but I'm, when we resigned him, I'm not going to kidding. I was like, I, I didn't mind the two way deal. You know what I mean? That's that's fine with me because you can spend your most of the time in Providence and help out down there. But you know, if, if it was a, a one way, I I wouldn't be so keen on that. But Anton's a good kid. Uh, on the leaderboards, I don't the thing down, but Pasta and Marshy are still solidly up there on the uh, points list. Marsha, I mean Marsha, Pasternak is still winning the race for the Rocket Richard, but. The tried-and-true champ, Alex Ovechkin, is now uh, tapping him on the shoulder and could, at any point, take over. He, he's a like a robot, I swear yeah. to God. He really is. Like an awesome... Watch out, Gretzky. Yeah, he's... It could happen. I don't, I'm not saying it is, but it might. Uh, that being said, those of you who believe Pasta is going to have a 50-goal season, that's still possible, too, even though maybe... Thing. But this kid can just not not get points this year. Like, all right, I'll just get three assists today or whatever. Like he has, what's up, guys? Why am I not getting any points? Like that's really how I feel. Do like another he is. Dunkin' Donuts He's commercial. like out there. Oh, did you see that new one? Yeah, I did. Like him. Oh my god, it's not as good as the original. No, that was my favorite commercial. Like I giggled all the way through the stupid players every time it came on. I just love that commercial. <laughs> like it's funny. Like my little son's like, who you would have been very impressed at the might instructional hockey game. All of a sudden, it was like my kid knew how to skate and think about... Normally, he can think about all the things about hockey or skate. As you know, he's not really been skating that long. Yesterday, I was like, whoa, what's going on? He's like diving in front of the puck. He's like down on there, his feet. He's doing the fancy one foot like thing. Like, where did you come from? You weren't around earlier in the day at the... whatever. Eric. Uh, But I also just one last thing, I guess, because I did not really... We had kind of uh, the Bruins are just getting back started up again hasn't been so much stuff but uh on the cover of USA Hockey magazine for February 2020 is a weekend with Willie that's right Willie O'Ree my favorite hockey ambassador and yours uh, so his big old Bruins logo and him talking to the kids and going around and representing in there so those of you who are members of USA Hockey will see those and those of you who are not go on USA Hockey I'm sure the USA Hockey is probably an online one somewhere. Mm-hmm. We get this because we have registered members of USA Hockey in our household. So, And if you're in Canada, then I would go on usahockey.com and see if you can find it. But that's all I got. I We did get one review. Look, can I pull that out? What else do you have? you have anything else random now that I've just babbled? And... No, I mean, that's about it. Willie, Willie O'Ree is, continues to be a solid ambassador for the uh, everybody you can play, um, you know, Message yeah. uh, that it, all people can can enjoy this game as as everybody else. So uh, he's just done a tremendous job uh, over the years. Um, short Bruins career, but uh, just a, a a really great person to um, to to do what he's doing. What has. I was gonna say, I think what it would have been very easy just to like only have the diversity focused obviously on you know race religion or whatever but i think that the bruins and mr o'ree have done an excellent job of reminding people that that's also like economic diversity Mm -hmm. and stuff there are a lot of kids you know what i mean like and that's the important they like the anybody you know everybody can play it's about all encompassing and finding a way that everybody if they have a desire for it 
can do it, yep. regardless of your gender or your race or whatever. And he really, they couldn't have picked a better person as far as I'm concerned. Agreed. Hey, we got one more actual review. That's great. I'm still hoping that uh, we can get up to 120 for the first half of 2020. Nice. Almost there, people. Please harass people. I go over this every week. Don't you hear me? No, you probably skipped through me on the intro. I would. <laughs> um, but uh, CJ Pasciuto, uh, Pasciuto, that's how I'm going to say it. That's probably, my, it might be, yeah, it has to be Pasciuto. That's my best guess. But I work sorry, with CJ, if I'm not saying that right, I should be able to say that as I know people with that last name. But anyways, on the 28th, he wrote, Mark does a great job of keeping this podcast always entertaining, very insightful, and I'm excited to see them continue growing. Keep up the awesome work, dude. Well, Mark thanks you. He <laughs> wrote, it's freaking awesome. That's what he wrote on the top. So thank you. We think you're freaking awesome. Yeah, thanks, CJ. I appreciate the words. He, I work with him, actually. Hello, CJ. Well, yeah. thanks. Thanks for taking the time out of your day to, oh, look, I got 47 podcast update. Dory Group. I got, uh, <laughs> I got... I got him uh, free tickets to the Pittsburgh game not too long ago, uh, four free Loge tickets. Nice. And uh, just said, do me a favor and give me a review on the on the podcast, and he did. Oh so. my God! I could give us a review on a podcast. <laughs> Will you give me tickets? So the last Montreal game, please. Um, all right. Is that it? Yeah, that's all I got. I was just laughing, scrolling through names all right. of episodes. That is the end of episode 164 of the Black and Gold Hockey Podcast. want to say thank you to all our listeners and, and those who of you who uh, reached out and asking about why we didn't have a show last week. It means a lot that you guys... Um, care about us that much that you're hounding me you missed like, us hey where where are you guys and so we just technical difficulties it happens in the podcast world ask anybody ask anybody at all i'm telling you this is not an easy thing we are not a million dollar production so we don't have all the bells and whistles like the spitting chicklets and and other podcasts do so um, we want to thank the listeners obviously um and uh thanks for sharing thanks for caring all that stuff, and and we got a, a big month of Boston Bruins hockey coming up, with a lot of back to backs and and a lot of really tough matches. I'm looking at the month right now, and it, it I mean the only the only team that I could actually see um, being a, a pushover is is the D- Detroit Red Wings on the ninth. But again, they beat us the last time we know, played them four to two, so. Detroit's that team that's dangerous now because they literally have nothing to play. They're just playing to like. Maybe they can mess up somebody else's chances. You know what I mean? Right. We've been that team a few years in our oh, lifetime. I, I but but so, uh, thank any, you. Yeah, anyway, thank you very much for listening. We'll be back next week for hopefully some more um, hockey talk from the Black and Gold Hockey Podcast. So for myself and Heather Ingerson, we bid you adieu. All right, all right, all right. Thanks again for listening to and supporting the Black and Gold Hockey Podcast. Please share the show with your friends and family, and don't forget to subscribe to and leave a five-star rating for the show on your favorite podcast platforms such as Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Spotify, and SoundCloud. Between shows, help us keep the Bruins talk going by visiting our website, blackandgoldhockey.com, by sending an email to blackandgoldhockeyblog at gmail.com, and by following the show on Twitter at blackandgoldpod. Peace out.